We are all born with a purpose, yet identifying what that is can be very challenging. It can be even more challenging to find purpose in your business. So, is it possible to find purpose in your business and make profit at the same time? Not only is it possible, but a business led by purpose can be even more profitable than one that is simply led by profit. Join Robert Fukui as he explores how to be purpose-led and profitable while making a positive impact in your community. Hi, this is Robert Fukui, your host of the Purpose and Profitability podcast, where we believe that having a profitable, purpose-led business can lead to community transformation. Thanks for tuning in this week, and uh, today I want to talk to you about the lessons from around the globe. Um, I just had the privilege of returning from an international business conference in Orlando, Florida, where some purpose-led entrepreneurs from over eight countries, uh, including the U.S., gathered to be equipped and encouraged of how to build and lead in a purpose-led business. Some of the nations represented were from Malaysia, Mexico, Ukraine, the Congo, Togo, which is the first time I've ever heard of the country of Togo, which is in the, the western uh, part of Africa, and then France, Madagascar, and Haiti. Um, it was a gathering of these purpose-led entrepreneurs, like I said, to be encouraged and equipped to build purpose-led businesses. And, you know, one of the things that was very encouraging um, was the fact that a lot of these entrepreneurs were from third world countries and wanted to use business to transform the world and look to the U.S., to us, uh, to be that prototype. But after hearing what they were going through and the business they built and the business they want to build, I was thinking, well, maybe they might be the prototype because for many of them, they're already doing these businesses that were positively impacting their community and sometimes the whole nation. I was honored to speak a couple times during the Van Judge, the International Business Plan Competition, in which six of the countries present their business plans, um, some in hopes of getting investment money, but many just to um, share what they're about to do. So what I wanted to do today was you know, talk about lessons from around the globe and how some of these countries are looking to the U.S. to be that prototype of having purpose-led businesses. But I don't think we have the, uh, I guess, the copyright or the patent or the trademark on, on how to do this. Certainly, I think we're all learning. And so I certainly learned a lot from what they were doing. So I wanted to share with you uh, some of these businesses around the world uh, were planning to do and what they were already doing in hopes that it will inspire you to be a purpose-led business. And I know if, if you're listening to this podcast, you already want to build a purpose-led business. And some of you already are or already have or are, are leading with purpose. Um, and some of you just want to know, well, how do you do it? Um, you have the heart to do it, but, but how do you do it? And so certainly every business is going to have a, a different purpose and how that gets related into your business is going to be different for every one of them. But let me share with you um, a couple examples of what some businesses are planning to do and a couple of them are already doing. So one of them, one business is from Haiti, and she's uh, she's got a financial background, and she wants to start or open up an ice cream shop in the community that she's in. Currently, there's no um, business or an ice cream shop like this that sells not just ice cream but different sweets and and so forth and snacks. And there's there's no um, there's no existing business like that, and probably due to some of the instability as far as the electrical grid, um, the le electricity can be a little bit spotty at times, so she was going to have to um, purchase some backup generators. Um, and, but what she wants to do is, main focus for the business isn't just about selling ice cream, but she wants to bring the community together 
through the use of sweets. Now, certainly this isn't a, um, ice cream is not gonna save the world by any means, but she wants to make it a gathering spot for families in an environment where families are struggling. And many, including the youth, face a lot of hopelessness because of the political instability, even the natural disasters that certainly has have occurred. And you know, even, even since um, the hurricane um, several years ago, they're still recovering. They didn't have the infrastructure to rebuild as quickly as, well, here in the U.S., for example. While the ice cream may not be the answer to the problems of Haiti, but certainly it could be a reason for people to gather and to encourage one another to, to do better. And ironically, also what, what she wants to do is to offer healthy cooking classes. Uh, so maybe she'll find some healthy ice cream recipes that have no calories. And so if she designs that, um, no calorie ice creams that taste great, I think she's gonna have a, a big market, not just in Haiti, but even here in the US. And also she wants to start to build in some personal coaching because as people are gathering and they, they have their issues and um, things they need help in on a personal level, Certainly, they're going to have to be need to be encouraged somehow and even coached of how to think and even act bigger. Um, and then from the profits, she wants to use to invest into the business to grow it, but also to give the scholarships for the youth so that they can go to school and get an education to have a better future. And if this prototype works well, then, well, part of the investment will to start up a second and maybe a third and a fourth ice cream shop in different areas of the community or different cities in, in, in Haiti. So I really wish her a lot of luck. She, she presented her business plan and I think she had a, a pretty solid plan. And um, certainly if, if it's true that there is no competition area that um, provided she um, takes care of the electrical issues that um, she should have a very successful business. Another entrepreneur is, is from Mexico and she has, um, or she wants to start an ad agency targeting small businesses who can't afford quality advertising. So. Most of the businesses that can afford quality marketing agency or, or an advertising agency are are doing pretty good. They're they're more they're larger scale businesses, and so a lot of the smaller, even medium sized businesses in Mexico, in Mexico City, where she's from, can't really afford um, good quality advertising. And she has a very good background working for an ad agency, and the agency worked with some major corporations like Coca Cola, and so she certainly has the experience in which to help these businesses. And she has, with that experience with these big ad agencies, she also has the ability probably to train those that maybe not have all the skills necessary to, to do graphic design or, or website or what have you, but she'd be able to train them up. What she plans to do also is employ people that need flexible schedules uh, to, and want a more uh, quality time at home. Currently, the um, average commute rate in Mexico City um, for people that work in Mexico City is about two hours. It's a two-hour commute, and it's not so much that they live far off, but it's just because of the density of the population of Mexico City and the huge traffic volume there that a half-hour commute can turn into a two-hour commute very easily. And certainly for me, living here in Pasadena, California, I can certainly relate because um, at 2 a.m., I can go from Pasadena to Santa Monica, be at the beach in a half an hour, but during rush hour, it can take Two hours so I certainly understand and feel that pain so being able to hire people that want to have more quality time at home and also may not be able to work full-time in an office and commute in all the time um, even if they can commute two hours a day but just for whatever reason don't have the ability to so uh, someone like a single mom much like herself 
um, and people that are disabled, for example, could be would be people that uh, she would employ, allowing them to work virtually and avoid that uh, huge commute commitment. And I mean, that's four hours a day that the people can have um, back at home. And certainly for a single mom, that would be a huge benefit. And also what she wants to do with the profits is to give back to nonprofits to assist the very same type of people that she's looking to employ. So she's going to employ people that need special assistance and circumstances in order to work a good job um, and certainly also partner with and give to nonprofits that that help the same type of people. One other entrepreneur that is doing great work already is someone that I met five years ago at the same conference, and she presented her business plan for a startup credit union. She lives in Madagascar, and I think um, before, other, other than the movie, it was the first person I ever met from Madagascar. Um, and I can never get that song out of my head. You got to do it, do it. Anyways, so when she presented her business plan five years ago, it was to start up a credit union to provide low interest rate loans to startups or small businesses looking to expand. Now, you got to understand in Madagascar, the interest rates are as high as 60% in that country. That's six zero, not one six, but six zero. 60% is the interest rates for a typical small business loan. I mean, that's that's huge. And unfortunately, this isn't the first country I've actually heard of this, this high of an interest rate. So you see the incredible need for low interest rate loans. And I put that in quotations because the low interest rates would be kind of a standard interest rate here. But she was looking to offer rates as low as 12%, which would be a huge opportunity for the entrepreneurs there. I mean, imagine, um, I mean, that, that huge savings just in interest alone. Since she presented that plan five years ago, she actually did launch the credit union successfully with the help of business and a church based in Orlando, Florida that helped finance her start. And so she's been able to give out, uh, I think, about three or four loans so far. She just recently launched the business, but she's already helped uh, three to four businesses in, in Madagascar. And it's a huge opportunity for the business community there. Um, many businesses will be able to start and get out of debt quickly, thereby employing more people and possibly getting being able to charge less for the products because of the cost savings just in interest payments alone. So what about here in the U.S.? I mean... You say, well, these are third world countries or people in different different countries that can certainly do those things. But what can I do here in the U.S.? How can I be purpose-led and make a, a meaningful impact in the people here? So I want to give you an example of a, a business that you probably know and probably eat their products, and that's uh, Chobani yogurt. Hamdi Yulakaya is a Turkish immigrant. And long story, I encourage you to look at this story. Great story. Immigrated from Turkey with just about $3,000 in his pocket. But long story short, he bought a fully equipped craft yogurt plant in upstate New York that was about ready to close. And he bought that business against the, uh, the, his attorney, but he bought the business anyway, got a, a small business loan from the SBA, and turned that business into one that is currently worth about $3 billion. Not only did he save a handful of jobs at the New York facility, but eventually outgrew the facility and built the largest yogurt plant situated in Idaho. And he's since created thousands of jobs and even hired many refugees once he taps out the local U.S. labor pool. And interestingly enough, both in upstate New York where, um, and in Idaho, where both plants are situated, he actually has um, access to a lot of these refugees. And being a refugee himself, this is obviously something that is near and dear to his heart. So he provides a very warm and caring environment in which to work. In fact, when you talk to his employees, you talk to his management team, they say that 
he's got there's two sides to him <laughs> in the business side he's very shrewd he just basically wants to squash the competition but when it comes to his employees and the people that he knows and he cares about he's the warmest person you can ever know and an example of that is he just recently committed to give away 10% of his company once it goes IPO to his 2,000 or so full-time employees. So not only do they work there, but they own the place too. So, so how about that? So what a great example of someone in the U.S. that is doing something great um, for the community, doing great for their people, doing great for their employees. So what about you? You know, What are you passionate about? How, do, how are you passionate about helping people? And how can you integrate that into your business? If you're like the credit union in Madagascar, the business itself provides a better opportunity for others that will help the local community. Or in Shabani's case, in which you will help those who have or are experiencing the things you have in the past. So he's even using some of his the pain from his past of being an immigrant with next to nothing and being able to hire people that are going through the similar experiences than just like him and also turn them into owners of a company, you know, part owners of a company. What a great what a great thing. And that's kind of part of the American dream as well is to to own your own business. Being a purpose-led business can take many forms. And how that looks will be unique to your experiences and your passion. So I invite you to evaluate your business and look to build a business that is not only profitable, but will positively impact those around you. So thank you once again for listening to the Purpose and Profitability podcast. If you have any business questions that you'd like to hear about or topics you'd like to hear about, uh, please email me at prosper at i61businessdevelopment.com. That's prosper at the letter I, the number 61, businessdevelopment.com. Or go to the Facebook page, Purpose and Profitability, and just go ahead and message me. Um, And then tune in next week. And thank you for listening. This is Robert Fukui. And remember, purpose plus profit equals transformation. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you have enjoyed this podcast. For more information, please visit purposeandprofit.com.